Hello and welcome back to the nudist colony, the low T, no T, HT, HT Lovecraft. <laughs> <laughs> was a racist piece of shit. Um, this is the new metal podcast. Um, hidden, hidden tracks, tracks, tracks. Don't tracks. tell anyone. Oh, I've looked at the stats of our show. That no one knows. <laughs> <laughs> I think Queens of the Stone Age wrote a song about it. <laughs> Hell yeah, dude. Dude, I wore Queens of the Stone Age shirt yesterday. My name is Ross. My name is Brent. See you guys next week. Bye. What's up, man? Uh, I'll tell you what's up, Ross. On this very special episode of Nudist Colony Hidden Tracks, uh, I've got a couple of tracks that oh, I shit. wanted to play to follow up the, not the last episode, because that's the corn one we're about to record later tonight, but right. as a follow-up to the Fear Factory episode, yes. we'd mentioned a, a couple of songs on there that I wanted to play. One of them is a Fear Factory song that is my favorite Fear Factory song, and uh, it's on multiple playlist that i have uh-huh. and uh this your is drug, a, your dog is all up in my bus i know right i'm now. sorry i'm sorry taz is freaking <laughs> out uh he, he smells the fear <laughs> the fear factory <laughs> yeah so uh the song i want to play is called archetype it's from their album uh i think it's uh no i'm sorry the, the album is called archetype the song is called slave labor and this has Ooh. one of the greatest metal riffs I've ever heard in my life. Oh, hell yeah. Here we go. Kick it off. Any moment now. Yep. Here we go. Mm. Poppy snare. I'm in. Got a growly bass. Yeah. Damn. Mm-hmm. This fucking rules. And this, this Reminds album... me of Death Clock. <laughs> a little bit, right? <laughs> this album came out after... Dino left the band, oh, and wow. so this is Christian Old Old Wolvers oh. on guitar. Old Wolvers at it again, but um, I love this song so much. But the problem with it is because, and we talked about this a little bit on the Fear Factory episode. There, there's been some like rights issues or something like that. Yes. So like, uh, Dino eventually came back to the band. So if you want to find this album and the song on a streaming service, you're out of luck. It's not there. I don't know if it's because Dino controls it. He didn't write this song, therefore it's out of the canon. Yeah. But it sucks because this song fucking rules. Damn. Yeah. So like when I think of Fear Factory in my head, this is what I think of, and then I get stuff that like ended that Fear Factory album that was just (laughs) orchestral and not uh, what I would consider great but what's the name of it? Uh, this is called Slave Labor yeah I don't know if there's uh, any type of um, overall like conceptual theme behind the album or whatever but I do know that that song rules and uh, honestly that's I'm sure it's about machines enslaving us or something oh you think so? I just wild stab in the dark. <laughs> well, uh, piggy banking off that, um, on that episode, we also were trying to figure out the name of a band that was an electronic band that had two drummers. Yes. And you texted me, like, I think it was last week. Yes, I figured it that out. You, you, it just came to you or something yes, like that. It appeared to me in a vision. <laughs> well, uh, that band's name is Course of Empire, and they had a song on the radio uh, around the time of Edgefest in Tulsa. Yeah. It was in. I guess 98. 
uh, when the album came out. But the song is called Information. I believe I called it The Information. And that threw the search engines way out of whack, including <laughs> the word the in front of it. But uh, after you texted me the name of the band, I found the song oh. and I listened to it. And I still kind of like this song. And I was like, do the, the multiple drummers really like make sense for this particular track? And you can kind of hear a little bit of like extra drumming in there, but it yeah. sounds like I don't know if it's necessary to have like a full secondary drummer, or at least that's not what I would picture in my head. Right. But the chorus here. Oh man, I remember. It this. reminds me of uh, Pitch Shifter's Genius a little bit yeah, with that, yeah. the fluttering vocal. But uh, man, I I like listen to this whole song, which is a ordeal because the song is six minutes long jesus christ i don't remember it being that long but no uh it was it was rad either way um they they never really had any other hits beyond this and i don't know that this really got further than like kind of the local area of wherever they were playing a festival with you know other larger bands but uh it was cool to uh, stumble back upon this and yeah. Get that little hit of nostalgia after the fact. So yeah, uh, I, think I, I think I won this CD. Yeah, off the radio. Right, yeah. yeah. Or call in. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it, yeah, you, you picked this one because uh, all the other people in our friend circle had the other albums that were up for it. Like I had Jimmy's Chicken Shack. Right. And then okay, like there, this, there were just like other yes, things. You know? So you have to like sense. you have to play strategically. Yeah. You know? Yeah, of course. Yeah. There was no Spotify. There was no Apple Music back then. So yeah. it was just like, if I want to hear a song, I just have to hope it plays on the radio. <laughs> yeah. Sure, I'll set my cassette recorder to like time with <laughs> yeah. it. But uh, otherwise, it's catch as catch can back then. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you have this a song to play, right? I'm digging it. I feel like I totally forgot about this. I own the CD and I totally forgot. Yeah, yeah. The name did come to me just like out of nowhere. I kept wanting to say corrosion of conformity, but I'm like, I know that's not right, but it was close. <laughs> yeah, yeah, not far off. I think I said it began with a C. Yeah. I, I would not have picked Course of Empire. No. No, <laughs> definitely not. Yeah, this yeah. rules. Hell yeah. Course of Empire, Course Information, of Empire. and then Fear Factory, Slave Labor. Uh, good luck finding that first one, but the second one is <laughs> yeah. uh, on streaming services, so... Uh, Find it and enjoy. You have a song yeah. to play too, right? I do. Um, so this is uh, this is not a like new new song. It came out I think at very end of last year, um, but been a little bit of a corn kick lately. And uh, this song, I, I, I haven't really listened to much modern corn. And when I say modern corn, I mean anything after um, "Follow the Leader." <laughs> okay, <laughs> yeah, this came out like thirty years ago. Um, uh, no, no, I guess I. I I think I listened to some of issues, but like by that point I, I was like, I had moved on to just different kinds of music. I was, I was over the new metal thing pretty much by that point, especially over, over corn. I, I felt like they kept recycling. Anyways, um, this song popped up because Spotify has now just assumed that the only music I listen to is new metal. <laughs> yeah. I run into that a bit. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so everything it recommends me is, uh, the, is a uh, new metal and, um, yellow Ross. I hear that you like the band cold. <laughs> <laughs> God. Um, but uh, this is uh, off the newest corn album uh, called Requiem. Uh, the song name is Worst is on its way. Not the worst, just Worst is on its way. Mm-hmm. Um, you know what? New Metal really has a thing against the word the between Course oh, of Empire yeah. and then this. I guess Course of Empire is more like industrial. Deftones, but... not the Deftones. Yeah, yeah. Big one. Yeah, good point. <laughs> 
but I, I, uh, you know, I'll, I'll, whenever a new corn or whatever band they used to listen to, whenever they have a new album come out, I'll usually like hop over Spotify and just kind of like skim through the tracks, you know, and just see if anything like really catches me. Sure, yeah. And uh, this song fucking caught me and was stuck in my head for like the past couple months. So I don't know if you've listened to this version or... Yes, yeah, this song got some radio play when the album came oh, out. Okay. Uh, it's like on local radio. Um, so this came out in like 2020, 21, something like that. I thought it was 2022. Am I oh, really? way off base? Probably. Usually you're the ace of base. I've seen the signs. Let me say that again. I, I had the, the feeling that it came out like toward the beginning of the pandemic. That is entirely possible. You know what? I, I actually heard the remix wrong. of this first. It has like Danny Brown on it. Or, Jack! Yeah. Is it Danny Brown? yeah, I think it's Danny Brown and uh, Mito Dark from uh, uh, Flavor Zombies. Um, I actually heard the remix first. And I, I do enjoy the remix, but I figured, you know, give, give the band their due and just play the regular one but i also would recommend go out and checking out the uh, remix it's really fucking good is it it the same music it just has the two rappers on it um no it's got some like electronic elements in it um no so it looks like requiem came out february 4th uh 2022 oh okay so last year uh earlier last year I guess about a year ago. This part fucking rules. Oh, yeah. This is a nice build-up. Yeah. You can still scout with the best of them. Yeah. Honestly, he's probably in, like, my top five favorite new metal scatters. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's a crowded field. It really is. You'd think it'd be easy to funnel him down, but, like, <laughs> once you, like, oh. make a list... Yeah. Good luck. You gotta be like Santa Claus. You gotta check that shit twice. <laughs> But uh, he's, he's, he's a good singer. Jonathan Davis is a really good singer. Yeah. Um, he's got a really unique voice. Like, there's no mistaking when you hear Jonathan Davis singing. Like, yeah. you know it's Jonathan Davis. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, yeah, it, it just, like I said, it's, 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 like, catchy in a weird way. Mm-hmm. I've had this, like, chorus stuck in my head for months now. Yeah. Um, got a little, a little bit of an orchestra thing going in the background yeah um they actually did this live with an orchestra and it fucking slapped so hard <laughs> yeah I almost played that one instead but i was like without the visual component it's kind of did it oh, uh, did it slap so hard that will smith got jealous yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> i think chris rock bodied him <laughs> yeah. I watched that last night. Man. Like the, the first... Fucking mic drop of mic drops. Like, I felt like it was kind of an okay comedy show until I got to the last eight minutes, and then Chris Rock came alive, oh, dude. Oh, man. Like, goddamn. Dude's like 56, 57. Chris Rock is? Yeah. He looks like he's 32. I know, <laughs> the yeah. The oldest. He said that he's, like, one of his daughters that is in college in Paris or something. I was like... That seems like an impossibility to me. You know? <laughs> yeah. So that was uh, Worst is on its way um, off of Requiem, the newest Corn album. Highly recommend everybody go check that out. Also check out the remix. Um, both are top quality, the finest of the vine. 
not really. They're just good songs. <laughs> good songs. Uh, well, speaking of good, let's try some good ass sodas here. Fuck yeah. We've got some Mountain Dew Spark. Uh, now this is a. Did you expect anything different, listeners? Of course not. I mean, listener. <laughs> <laughs> Katie, hey, hey, Katie, did you think? <laughs> <it's different? laughs> She'll love that. <laughs> so uh, this is due with a blast of raspberry lemonade flavor with other natural flavors. Uh, as this episode comes out, spring is just around the oh. corner here in 2023. So I thought this would be like a nice, hell yeah, uh, light pink spring colored Mountain Dew to try. I don't think I've had this. Oh wow! I thought you said you had a pink Mountain Dew. I was thinking it was the Major Melon. No. No. I'd, so have we tried that one on here? We tried a lot of dudes. We tried a lot of dudes. It's <laughs> shocking know. how many there are. There, we I can know. keep coming up with new ones. I know. Every time I like we we try this and it re- er, depletes my uh, stock of Mountain Dews, and then I go to the store and there's like eight new ones. <laughs> yeah. like, well, fuck! I got to try these now. Um, I had a new flavor, and I wish I could find a way to get it into the studio. Oh. Um. So I, uh, my wife and I, for my birthday slash. Uh, Valentine's Day, uh, we kind of just smashed them up, and we uh, we stayed the night at the casino. Real quick, hell yeah, dude! Hell yeah, dude! You smash them up, dude! Smash it! Smash that pussy! <laughs> um, we we went and stayed at a at a casino because uh, the weather. We were originally planning on traveling, but the weather was going to be really bad, so we we're like, well, what can we do that's like inside and. Mm-hmm. Yeah, let's go to the casino and we went and ate it. There's a Ruth's Chris uh, steakhouse that was in the casino that we went and uh, ate at and it was fucking delicious. Um, so it was kind of like a mini staycation kind of thing. But uh, casinos do this thing where, and I'm not a big casino guy, I don't really gamble, although I did find $20 on the floor while we were there. So exhilarating. Cha-ching. I didn't gamble <laughs> with it. I, I just. Uh, I, uh, we bought uh, cheesecake with it. Yes. Uh, <laughs> uh, but they, they, they have like drink stations that are free. So you can like free coffee, free soda. Man, I win every time I play those some bitches. Yeah, you can just walk into a fucking casino and get a free drink. Mm-hmm. Anytime. Yeah. And I think they all do it. Yeah. Uh, but they had a Mountain Dew flavor, a strawberry ginseng. Hmm. No, strawberry goji berry. Oh, Gogi, go G O G I, Gogi Berry, Goji Berry. I don't know I've how heard, to pronounce it. I've heard it pronounced Goji. Yeah. Goji, yeah. Mm-hmm. It was like a strawberry Goji Berry Mountain Dew, and it fucking slapped. But it was it was you know fountain drink. So I might next time I come over, I might just like drive out to the <laughs> casino and f- <laughs> just <laughs> fill up two giant cups and bring them over here. Uh-huh. Uh, try to keep them cool. You have wireless earbuds, right? Yeah. Can you just like walk in there, pretend like you're on a call, and so no one bothers you, and you just like walk, beeline it straight to the like fountain, fill up a, a cup, and you're just like talking to yourself the whole time. People think you're busy. If somebody walks up to you, it's like, sir, you can't do that. You just like, eh, oh no, they don't give a shit. Oh okay. No, there's like no one manning it. There's like it's and, and there's like twenty of them spread across the the casino. So they're just like little drink stations that you can go up to and just get whatever the fuck you want mm-hmm. for free. Um, and it doesn't cost anything to go inside of a casino. So, yeah. uh, it's kind of, honestly, even if you're not a gambler, casinos can be kind of fun. Like they've yeah. got restaurants in them. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we, we saw like a, like a guy play, he was a guitarist and he played a little set, you know? So we sat there and watched that at night. Um, had a nice little dinner, you know, and then just walked around the casino for like hours and, mm-hmm. um, 
like you know you obviously got to pay for the hotel room uh unless you're you're not spending staying the night mm-hmm. um yeah it's like it's like a it's like a really cheap and the food is super cheap and it's like super good they make mm-hmm. everything like in-house so it's all homemade from scratch mm-hmm. and uh their food is like super cheap because they want you to spend money on the the gambling machines mm-hmm. uh so yeah you can like go in there and like have a pretty fucking good time for like not a lot of money at all yeah um if you're if you're not a gambler like i'm not so um but anyway, we, we had a good time. And it seems like a lot of those uh, casinos, if you go there for the first time, they'll give you a like a free $10 to play on them. Something whatever, like that, right? yeah. So, we didn't even bother with it. Yeah. But uh, maybe we should have, but we didn't. I mean, we weren't there for that. Like, usually if my wife and I end up doing something like that, that $10 is gone super quick, you know, <laughs> because I'm just <laughs> yeah. like, well, it's free money. It's literally the house's money. So here we go. <laughs> yeah. $5 machine. And it's done. We, we went to a casino. Uh, this has been a few months back. Uh, it was like super cold and like snowy out. We were like. We were just like going stir crazy in the house, so we're like, oh, let's go to the casino. We ended up, we had actually did end up gambling. It's a different, casi- different casino. Mm-hmm. We did gamble there, um, so we had to. And it's like you have to like sign up and get like a card and you swipe yeah. it and stuff like that. I don't know, um, but I ended up winning. Uh, I think it was like eighty dollars. Nice. And I was like, I should quit. Fuck it. And so I just kept plugging at it, and you know, lost it all. Sure. But. Uh, I should have quit. <laughs> yeah, because I think I I think I put like five dollars down and and like ended up getting it up to around eighty. Um, I should have just stopped. <laughs> well, I mean, again, if it's just I didn't lose all of it. I think I still walked away with twenty. I think sure, I still walked yeah. away with more than I like walked in with. Right. So yeah, that's the goal. But yeah. yeah, like sometimes you like hit like a a solid number like that. And you're like, yeah. well, let's go for another spin. Oh, let's do like. 18 more spins. Let's, <laughs> yeah. see, let's see where we end up at. This is not an addiction. I can quit anytime I want. Speaking of that very thing, let's try these new let's Mountain these Dews, Dews here. So uh, again, this is raspberry lemonade flavor. Uh, and it, Spark. Uh, spring is just around the corner. I thought this would be a nice, refreshing way to kick off that season. Here we go. Oh, you're popped louder than mine. Well, I make her work for it, you know. What's this Good nose like? feel. That's so funny. I've I've not like smelled any type of soda beverage in forever. So yeah, is, you, that, is that odiferous? Ticker's broken. Yeah. Oh yeah. Hell yeah. It smells like a, a like a, a raspberry lemonade, which it is. So oh, advertised correctly. You know <laughs> yeah. that works. Um, you said you've never had this one before. I don't think I've ever had this. No. All right. I've seen the melon one. I thought that's what this was the first time. I picked it up and I was like, mm. uh, I feel like the melon one has a weird psychotic cartoon character on it. It does. So <laughs> it, it reminds me of the attack of the killer tomatoes guy. <laughs> one of the guys like the, 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 you know, attack of the killer tomatoes. This is so funny. And he had the, uh, it was like the military one. He had like the military hat on mm-hmm. like the world war two helmet. I've not thought of attack of the killer tomatoes. Since my childhood, and because of the cartoon, and I don't think I've ever seen the movie. But you, and then my friend Steven over on Let's Talk About Stuff, mentioned it <laughs> to, like within the past two days of each other. So funny. That's awesome. Wildly uh, random. There's like, but, a, there's like a word for that. Um, parallel even, thinking? Um, no. Oh, okay. That was nope. way off. It's, who cares? Um, <laughs> what do you think about this? How do you how do you feel about this I'm raspberry? I'm digging it. I, I, I love a good tart raspberry. Oh, yeah. Oh my God! I uh, yes, I I too like this. I would get this again. Uh, there's something about that like tartness and the the sourness of it that really appeals to me. Um, 
sometimes I have to be in a certain mood, but I feel like uh, for a springtime uh, esque beverage that works really well. But uh, I, uh, buddy, what's up? We might need to take you to the hospital. <laughs> what happened? February sixth of twenty three. Uh oh. Dun, dun, dun. Mine, it, April 24th, really? 23. I literally Get bought fucked. these on the same day. <laughs> it was the same grocery trip. Uh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Don't my, worry. Mountain Dew never goes bad. No. Yeah. It says uh, it says it expires February 6th of 23, and we're here in uh, early March, but it's yeah, it's fine. It's fine. It's only going to make me healthier. But I really, <laughs> I've really been getting into like sour beers here recently, and uh, this kind of has that that tartness that I've been craving hits you mm. right in the jowls, you know? Oh yeah. 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 Love it. It uh, sparks you. It really does. <laughs> hey, and uh, let's go ahead and transition from spark to spawn. What? The reason we're all here. Well, except for me, you, uh, I guess Katie and Ryan <laughs> who hit us up on Instagram. He said uh, yeah. something to the effect of, of us or, yeah, being excited that we we're discussing comics and uh, specifically the image comics uh, first issues from the founders. So uh, we're going to talk about Spawn number one. Spawn number one. Uno. Uh, you had this comic when we were growing oh, up. Of course I did. Uh, I'd like multiple copies. I think. Not that it was hard did. to come across. No, no, no. no. <laughs> like, you could still find like a, a decent copy of this for probably like three bucks or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Still affordable. I was a uh, big, big, big time Spawn fan. Yeah. Um, me and two of our other friends, um, Adam and uh, Richard Brewer, mm-hmm. um, we. Uh, we, there was like a line drawn in the sand where you were a Spider-Man guy. We were Spawn guys. Mm-hmm. Um, to people, <laughs> that may sound incredibly stupid that we fought daily it was over like, who was better. It was like the Hatfields and the McCoys, <laughs> but more serious, you know? Oh, we got into <laughs> but dissertations on why one is better than the other. I, I was and am a Spider-Man guy, but that was not the um, boundary. That was not the dividing line. The dividing line... Which is even more interesting when you look at the inside cover of both of these books was you guys were uh, into like Spawn and Image, I kind of think is like the, yeah, the overall yeah. like um, I was an Image branding, boy for right? sure. Uh, my friend Alan and I, we were like, That's you true. guys don't know where it's at. Malibu Comics is the jam right now. We're like, have you seen Prime? He turns to goo. <laughs> I forgot you guys were big Malibu fans. I mean, yeah, and that's really held up. This is the next stage <laughs> of comics. You want to talk about the evolution of an art medium? <laughs> yeah. The hierarchy of the DC universe changed way back in the uh, mid '90s, I guess. Uh, but yes, yeah, so yeah. Um, eventually, I came over to your guys' side because and we came over to your side, or we met in the middle. I mean. It, I, I always loved Spider-Man. It was sure, just yeah, like yeah, a yeah. weird <laughs> teenage, like, I got to draw the line somewhere. Yeah, I know. It's like, uh, I, I really get along with this guy. Love him to death. How can I destroy this friendship? Like, what can I possibly do? So it's one of those weird things where it's just like, eh, let's do this for a while. You yeah, know, it, yeah, yeah. like it seems like it lasted 16 years. I know. But yeah. it was probably like two weeks, something yeah, like that. Probably, yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. But um you and Richard and Adam, you guys would be, again because comics were like hard to to come by. Yeah, uh, you it was before any of us could drive. So if any of you guys went to like a grocery store or wherever, you would pick up an issue, and you guys have like a, a an accordion file folder. Oh, we had this planned out, so we yeah. knew like which issues we had, and like we had assigned like okay, if you come across this, 
you have to buy it. And so we, and we literally, so there were three of us, um, that were spawn boys and we, um, <laughs> ended up putting all of our shit into two lockers and oh, then yeah. had one locker that was strictly dedicated to spawn. So it had spawn posters. We didn't keep any book re- or any school related anything into it. It was literally just a, um, uh, shrine in a locker to spawn, uh, mm-hmm. because we were such huge spawn fans. Um, there was a good solid like year or two in art class where I had to work spawn into like everything that I drew, even if it was like, <laughs> yeah. uh, Hey, draw this like cow skull. I would like find a way to like sneakily, like try to put the spawn logo in it or something. <laughs> you have like a billowing red Cape in the background <laughs> yeah. of this like farm field and shit. <laughs> well, I mean, that's one of the things that's so appealing about the character is he just fucking looks cool. Yeah, and it's cool. As that's, shit. that's one of the things that like, um, people kind of discount from like like movie studios when they're adapting a comic book property, specifically like a superhero property. A lot of the times they like, like that first X-Men movie. It's like, I mean, it's good at the time it came out, but like, I want to see those fucking costumes, you know? Right. And that's what grabs your attention to begin with that like graphic depiction of these characters. Yeah. And spawn has a very strong character design. I think very strong. I mean, sure. He's like Night Watch or the Prowler from, you know, Spider-Man. But even still, you know. Steven Stills. <laughs> um, yeah, he, he's just. And and another big thing is he's black. Um, Wait, what? Oh, you didn't know about this? Oh, my God. We're going to have to turn this podcast off. Wow. This is the last episode. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to change my vote. <laughs> um yeah he he he, he's a black superhero um and he's not like your typical um because you know especially back in the 90s if you had a black superhero he had to be like a scientist or he had to be like an (laughs) ex-con oh those were like the two options yeah um he couldn't just be like a like a guy with like a complex history like just Mm -hmm. a character like a normal comic book character Mm -hmm. Um, and you didn't see uh, very many black characters with their own series, especially. Mm-hmm. Um, and so uh, for Spawn to hit as big as it did and for him to be a black character um, was just like, it was so cool and seemed so new. And it seemed like, I, I, I'm, I'm sorry uh, not to shit on Malibu, but um, hey, it truly now. seemed like this is the next evolution in comics. Like oh this God. is doing something that, no one else has done before it's like devilish it's violent it's um uh it, it was just it, it was so unique at the time um of course now it seems uh pretty dated and cliche but, it, but that's because it was so influential i think on a lot of um especially like it seems like a lot of like um people that got into comics they, they, they were like I like Ghost Rider, Venom, Spawn, and Wolverine. And that's it. <laughs> like, yeah. There was like a certain type of comic book fan that like, you know, was like very drawn to like the kind of the anti-hero violent um, type of characters. Yeah. And, uh, and, but, but Spawn, I still think like he was really one of the first ones to do it. Mm-hmm. And I remember it being like really shocking because I grew up in a Christian household, although I, never really personally subscribed to it i i went to church but i was always kind of like in the back of my head like oh, stuff seems kind of like jesus I, doesn't even wear a cape <laughs> it was like i, I 
I was like, okay, okay, there's a God, but the Bible thing, like, this is probably a, like a rough estimation <laughs> on what right. it was. Like, <laughs> yeah. Because this stuff didn't happen. Like, so I was still like, I would call myself a Christian because I was afraid of going to hell because people told me if I didn't believe in God, I'd go to hell. Mm-hmm. But I was still like very much like, mm. but then Spawn comes out and it was like, holy shit, this is just like superhero, but he's like, imbued with this like satanic energy mm-hmm. but he's like trying to do good and for like young edgelord what year was this 92 yeah i believe so yes uh 92 so i would have been um <laughs> i would have been nine years old <laughs> um this seemed like the coolest shit in the world and it seemed like um like really adult and mature even though looking back on it now it's not very mature <laughs> let's be honest um but i it, it, it seemed so like edgy and cool and like the violator he rips people's hearts out look at all this blood and you know marvel and dc weren't doing anything like that um and you know i wasn't really super into indie comics at the time because i had limited amounts of funds and that was mostly spent on x-men comics yeah (laughs) and it was kind of hard to come by here in landlocked Oklahoma, yeah. so uh, it, it was... felt dangerous. That's the word I was looking for. This this spawn felt dangerous to me. Like I was doing something, and I even I even caught some genuine um, prejudice from this because oh I used to have a spawn hockey jersey that I wore <laughs> yeah, three to time. four times a week. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I forgot about that. Yeah, um, had a spawn hockey jersey, and somehow or another, um, like the Baptist kids at school found out that spawn was like hell spawn like mm-hmm. it was devilish right yeah and um they uh put a bible in my locker <laughs> i forgot about that yeah and uh, <laughs> we were opening it finding it and just like threw it on the ground it was one of those like free bibles yeah it was like a little out, bible yeah. but i was just like what the f-? Yeah. So they like slipped it in the like fins or whatever of yeah. the locker. Uh-huh. And yeah, I, I just like toss it on the ground. What's the process for making one of those tiny ass Bibles? Are they like, okay, let's toss out all the bullshit. Let's just like put the important <laughs> stuff in here. Like, because the, the Bible is thick. Those pages are super thin and that I book is still I think it's just thick. like New Testament. Oh, okay. So they slim it down a lot like by yeah. half. But then the words are, you know, you have to see, have a magnifying glass to even read them. <laughs> in the New Testament, it says... Don't do penny racer toys on Sunday. <laughs> if you eat licorice during the Sabbath, straight to hell with you. Only one Nickelodeon per day. <laughs> uh, yeah, Spawn number one came out on June 4th of 1992. Uh, the previous uh, issue that we talked about, Young Blood number one, was April 16th. So it took a couple of months for the second issue to come out, which is so weird because it seems like it all happened at the same time yeah, to it me. Yeah, did, really. But, I, like, when you're living through it, you know, time passes differently. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, this this came out, uh, this comic sold 2 million units Jesus at the time. I'm sure Christ. it's probably sold more since. Was just this because... the top-selling image book? I believe so. Mm. Uh, it was either that or, or Wildcats, Wildcats, maybe. Um, I don't know. We'll, we'll find out when we get there. But, yeah. um, yeah, I, it's... Two million on the first issue. On the first issue. Crazy. Like, just hit hard uh, with that just right out of the gate um just like that ball that mark mcguire hit that todd mcfarland paid 15 million dollars <laughs> for. i think he eventually got uh, kicked out of the baseball hall of fame because it was juicing right yep <laughs> that was all worth it well <laughs> well spent uh let's see 
So it says, uh, I'm, I'm looking ahead in my uh, image timeline, the official image timeline book here. Yeah. Uh, it says, uh, Wildcats uh, came out in July of that same year, uh, shatters all sales records, but it doesn't give me like a, an actual figure. So <laughs> I guess- That's how much it shattered it. That's how it <laughs> is. All shattered. They're gone. <laughs> it's like reassembling a log from ashes. That's how shattered it was. You, there's no no records of how much it was. Um well, let's let's talk about the the comic itself. Uh, yeah, I've got a, a copy of the actual like first printing of the first issue. Uh, again, probably just three bucks worth of of uh, value here. <laughs> yeah, but uh, all that to say, uh, I opened it up and on the inside cover there's the Spawn logo, and I was like, what what's going on here? Because it ha- it looks like it has ink on it but not like new ink it looks like it's printed with ink over the white parts right and um you had mentioned that uh you saw somewhere that mcfarland said yeah there's like two different versions yeah one was like a misprint it was like 50 50 so he said like one's not like rarer than the other yeah um so they're yeah don't one just simply sucks more (laughs) yes objectively sucks but it's it's it is such a fascinating uh, book, uh, especially compared to uh, <laughs> Young Blood uh, that we uh, uh, looked at uh, previously, um, this is a much, much, much better book. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, let's talk about that. So it's uh, sure. Story Pencils and Inks by Todd McFarlane, Letters by Tom Orzakowski, uh, who's worked with Todd for a long time. Yeah. Uh, color by Steve Olaf, and then editor was Wanda Kolomajic. I don't know if that's Todd's Wanda. Because his wife is Wanda, and right. that's who he named the character Wanda after. Also, it has uh, Malibu Comics uh, printed in Canada on the inside cover here as well. So, I'm just in a distribution or something. Yeah, that's that's, that's all it was. Um, but it's still, it's still crazy it's that still weird. Malibu was like part of it, yeah. you know. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, so let's let's uh, journey through it here. I'll I'll hand you the comic yeah, if you yeah. want to uh, take the reins. It, it seems like it has like an early McFarlandism on the first page. It's like you're looking at the planet, uh, and then it kind of zooms in. Reminds me a, a bit of George Perez, um, and oh, how yeah, he would sure. like lay out a page. But it's not something that I initially like immediately associate Todd McFarlane with, though. Right. Uh, the way that George inks and like renders and adds those little like lines and ticks, yeah, I see a little bit of that on there. But and, it, it, and he lists uh, Todd McFarlane lists uh, Perez as one of his biggest influences, and Perez does a, a insert uh, at the back. Oh, oh, okay, that's right. I, I read like the digital version. I don't think it included that in there. But on oh. the the inside cover here, it says dedicated to Jack Kirby. So I think it, all of the yeah the image guys were big Kirby fans. And and like I read that and I was like oh yeah Jack Kirby that must have been around when he died and I got to think I was like no wait he didn't die in ninety two like mm-hmm. no. it's just like dedicated it to a living man <laughs> yeah. kind of weird I mean you know look if if that's your hero go yeah, for it you yeah. know because they actually got um uh they got Kirby to to do several image books um I've got a couple of them um and they're like uh they're like throwbacky um like to like 60s marvel kind of stuff um they're actually really really interesting Are they? really good yeah. i think i've got a couple of those i need to gather yeah. them up or whatever but and then it's got the uh, classic which uh i'm curious who came up with this this little um uh this little method of uh sort of talking heads literally mm-hmm. because it's in young blood as well where you've got uh sort of like screen caps of a, of, of news stations mm-hmm. and there's uh like cnn and then my view on two and then 
something looks like seven. <laughs> yeah. But uh, CNN is obviously CNN. Although I think in Youngblood, it's like SNN or something. So like... There was zero consistency in the early <laughs> yeah. days. Like they were just, they were flying by the seat of their pants. I didn't notice until I went back and reread this issue uh, that that takes place. It's like a flashback almost because it says 1987. Right. And then like the rest of the book is, takes place in 90 or like modern day, which was 92 at the time. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's, it's just like a, a weird layout thing because yeah. it has like it runs vertically down the center of the page <laughs> yeah it's, it's weird it's really really some odd uh choices but um mcfarland has said you know obviously cnn is like the major news network like the you know uh and then uh the the second guy um he's a little bit more burly a little bit more like uh you know uh not as uh, down the middle as like your cnn you know straightforward more of like an opinion piece and he says he modeled him after rush limbaugh Oh, okay. So that's fun. Mm-hmm. And then the last guy is um, definitely queer coded, um, but he's a uh, uh, so it's it's like a like an e. Uh, oh, like an entertainment, like an, yeah, 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 like but but the guy is it, it, he's pretty flamboyant. <laughs> it's not very subtle. It's uh, <laughs> so when I was reading this, I. I guess in my brain, I misaligned the order of them. I thought it was started with the the woman, the CNN lady, and then it went to the guy, and then like the the entertainment guy who would become the entertainment guy, and then I thought the the mob looking guy was the last one, and he was like like the first lady would have like a, a reasonable opinion on something. The the thinner guy has an opinion that's like kind of the opposite, but still like like. Uh, said in a like a I'm delivering the news type of way, you know, still right. like a professional way. And then uh, mob guy over here was like, "Hey, let me tell you, these guys don't know what the fuck they're talking about." But it's not this guy's a, a mook. But like, I guess I know this is not a comedy book, but like the rule of three is like the whatever the third option would be would be like the funniest one. So like when I got to the the middle of the page, it was the the fat guy giving the news. I thought. That's weird. Why? Why is he going to be it? Like, what is the? It seems weird that he would end the page on like just a like a regular like white guy. But then right. I saw like the queer coding stuff, yeah. and I was like, yeah. oh, yeah, it's that's a, a little bit uncomfortable. It's weird. Yeah. Um, it also mentions that uh, he entered. Uh, uh, well, little bird told me that Martin Alexander was Wanda's closest friend back in high school. He introduced her to Al Simmons at the Republican convention in 1984. Mm-hmm. So I guess spawns a Republican. Sounds about right. Yeah, it's like him and Guy Gardner just hanging out. <laughs> yeah. um, and then you kind of get some like flashbacks where he's like trying. The whole time he's trying to kind of like piece together what happened. Mm-hmm. And he's only getting like kind of visions of uh, like brief flashes and he's trying to piece together exactly what happened. You know, on these flashback pages, they are colored to where it's not like true, like not colored the way that things actually were. There's like yeah. red tones and purples. And so you don't see anyone's like actual skin color. So you don't find out that Spawn is actually black until a later issue. Like, you yeah. know, his wife Wanda is black, but that doesn't necessarily mean that he's black you know there is like a flashback uh and you see a panel that's you know you you suppose is him Mm -hmm. and he kind of looks like a white guy in it now Mm -hmm. i don't know if that's like just uh like a like a like an artistry issue like if todd was trying to draw a black person and it just didn't 
look that way he kind of just looks like the punisher or yeah yeah or if he was trying to like purposely like obfuscate it and kind of be like hey you know uh, <laughs> it sounds who, like stallone who, hey, uh, 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 <laughs> i was trying to get there <laughs> <laughs> um uh, so, so yeah, you get these like like kind of splintered flashbacks, and you know, uh, Todd loves his his cityscapes with his giant moons in the background, mm-hmm. like his moons that are look like they're crashing into the planet. Um, but there's a lot of just like super, super, super great rendering. Um, like he's he's great at hands. I think Todd McFarlane fucking rules at hands, and I attribute that to his Spider-Man days because he he can draw some funky ass hands. Mm-hmm. Um, and then in, in the in uh, maybe a quarter of the way in, you get this just goddamn gorgeous uh, 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 vertical two page, page spread, spread yeah. uh, of him in his full fucking glory. And in the director's cut, Spawn or <laughs> uh, Todd says that he was waiting. He only wanted to give like glimpses of him until he you know did this big double double page splash on mm-hmm. it. And um, I just really fucking love that double page uh, splash. It is just rendered beautifully mm-hmm. um just like I, the the whole composition of it is good there, there's yeah. so a little bit of stuff in the foreground and like in front of spawn you've got spawn in like the midground but you get to see almost his entire being and yeah. then you've got the city behind him as a nice contrast so it's it's just like yeah if you have to have a money shot this is the one to go for you it's know? a money shot yeah i'm money shot and then you get into some sam and twitch mm-hmm. um who go on to become uh, pretty famous in their own right. Like there was almost a TV show based on them. Yeah. Um, that uh, almost happened. And uh, Bendis, that was one of his early, uh, Brian Michael Bendis uh, of Marvel fame, uh, who pretty much defined the Marvel universe for like goddamn near 20 years. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, excuse me. Uh, Mountain Dew. <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, uh, but he 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 did a Sam and Twitch book, which was fucking mm-hmm. excellent, and yeah. like probably the best artistic thing to come out of Spawn ever. <laughs> <laughs> Likely so. Sorry. <laughs> Outside of like Gaiman or um, yeah, that's true. Yeah, know, there any, was a... any of the guest writers, Alan yeah. Moore or Frank Miller. And then there's a uh, of course it's the '90s, so there has to be an attempted rape scene. Um, yeah, that that stood out to me as well. That uh, was how you did edgy stuff, and it sucks. I don't like it. You got to have this white man in a cape swoop in. To, what's that? Oh, he's black? Okay, never mind. All right. That's different. That's different. We'll give it to him. Um, I do like Tom Wurzikowski's lettering here. Oh, uh, my God. It's so, so like good. iconic to me, the the way he puts that like gray, like it has a, a, a gradient to it to where it's like starts lighter, gets darker toward the top, but it's like an extra oval around the right. speech balloon or whatever, the word yeah. balloon. And it, yeah, his, his, his lettering is, yeah, it's, it's super like... You look at that, and if you grew up in the '90s, you associate that lettering with Spawn. Yeah. I mean, it's like it's part and parcel with the, with the whole thing. And the way it has a little like hook dagger that yeah. leads to Spawn. It's just it's it's kind of like in in the comics, Deadpool. Whenever he speaks, he's got like a yellow right word balloon, but it doesn't really like translate to to film or whatever. Yeah. But like the idea was that he's got scar tissue in his throat, and it makes him speak differently or something like that. Yeah. I think for Spawn, it's just like. No, you you read this comic, and you're like, oh, he probably sounds like fucking Goliath from Gargoyles or whatever, you know? Yeah, or um, Keith, Keith David. David. <laughs> yeah, I, I was trying to find it. I was like, oh, what's what's the one thing I can do? 
cartoons. Uh, then you got you got your just uh, your amazing, not really. Um, right in the middle of the book, what they used to do where they'd put like a poster, it's just like a double page <laughs> yeah. sp- spread. But you'd have to like pull out your staples, and no one wanted to do that. They they do that in the next comic that we're going to discuss uh, as oh, well. Excellent, excellent. Yeah. And uh, then he he messes up the attempted rapists, and uh, uh, then there's a page. And this has always kind of bothered me. Um, there's a page where he kind of has another flashback. And he has a nose. Yeah. I don't I d- like it. I don't either. It looks so weird. It's kind of like when people draw Spider-Man and they give him too detailed of a face. Yeah. Like, I just want <laughs> yeah. that, like, kind of flat look to it, you know? You want the you want the Mark Bagley. You want the... Yeah, yeah. yeah. It yeah, doesn't, yeah. doesn't need to be that serious, guys. Right. Uh, but yeah, that's that would be, like, the one... Like, one of maybe a few images of this comic where i'm just like eh, i don't know matter of fact the whole page is kind of just okay there's a an image just above that of spawn kind of like holding his hands up that looks a little bit wonky or yeah. maybe it looks like he's got like something in his eyes or oh, whatever it looks a little bit better on the colored you, uh, oh, brent's okay. looking at the uh, director uh edition which is all pen and ink the yeah. original pen and ink and it's gorgeous um, but it really, I, I find it fascinating to read these two side by side because you could really see where the colorist came in. Yeah. Colorist is doing a lot of lifting, which they usually <laughs> yeah, do, but yeah. you, it really stands out whenever you see a book that has so many blacks in mm-hmm. it, uh, uh, black coloring in it. Um, oh my God, not better. <laughs> <laughs> whoops. Uh, and then you get some like classic, uh, kind of like trippy, uh, you know, like memory hole kind of stuff where you're, he's trying to remember and things are turning into skulls. The thing about that page is it has a bunch of webbing on it, which is probably a nod oh, back yeah. to his time at Marvel on Spider-Man. You uh, know, that's a good catch. I didn't even catch. But this. it it kind of works with the aesthetic of Spawn as well. You know, right? It, right <laughs> on this right. next page, it looks like a Captain Marvel star yeah, on it. Yeah. So unintentional shouts out to uh, to Marvel on that, I guess. Yeah, but um. And yeah. Then you get the uh, the woman who's almost raped. She's taking care of Spawn, which is gross. Um, and then, and then we, we do another uh, flash forward, or we do a flash forward to the talking heads that we talked about earlier that were mm-hmm. uh, back in 87. Now it's 1992. You get the same three people, and they're kind of giving their uh, ridiculous, uh, you know, opinions on, on Spawn. These pages are so unnecessarily dense and it's, uninteresting to me. Yeah. But I read them. But I did not enjoy myself. No. I'm just like, what? There's no actual point to any of this. I don't feel. Yeah. Uh, uh, the the <laughs> the gay. Just to 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 point out the uh, the. I guess it's not really homo. Uh, the the gay guy that mm-hmm. spa- that uh, Todd McFarlane is writing, who's uh, on E Entertainment Television. Mm-hmm. I mean, let's get serious. A cape. With the young blood fashions being all the rage, why on earth would anyone try to bring back such a gauche and totally useless accessory? Now, those spikes and chains he has, those are simply darling, perfectly riveting statement. Uh, okay, okay, Todd. <laughs> Talk to one gay man. <laughs> I've probably gotten until the head of this power. Hey. Um, and then, yeah, then uh, he... Uh, stumbles down an alley, which he will remain for the next 200 issues. Um, <laughs> He's one of the most powerful beings in existence. Cannot get his ass out of that alley. <laughs> nope. Refuses to. That's a, if you've read spawn for any amount of time, you'll real, you'll, you'll, you'll catch on that. Uh, he just hangs out in the alley all the time. Yeah. Barely does anything. He might go fight a guy, but then he just goes right back to the alley and sits on his throne of trash. <laughs> 
<laughs> and then he, he takes his uh, mask and his glove off and he's all like burnt up and, you know, uh, odd looking and uh, just uh, spawn and uh, trash alley are just uh, synonymous at this point. Trash, <laughs> I feel like trash alley is the name of the episode. <laughs> <laughs> and then you get some uh, Sam and Twitch dialogue trying to figure out what's going on. And then at the very last page. Uh, you get some Malbogia saying, ha 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 Simmons, uh, your troubles have just begun. So, uh, you know, kind of a standard, uh, I mean, loose bone, uh, loose, loose plot is, is a pretty standard first issue introducing someone, um, especially for the nineties. This was very standard. Yeah. Uh, but I think the art, uh, is the standout. It's fucking gorgeous. I still really, really enjoy Todd McFarlane's art. Um, a little over rendered at times, a little, you know, uh, raw. I, I believe the uh, comic book kayfabe guys would call it uh, uh, outlaw comics. It's got that outlaw, you know, just kind of rough, wild, um, not, you know, uh, model perfect. It's, mm-hmm. you know, it's uh, it's kind of punk, a little bit punk rock. A little bit, uh, but it, it also seems like it's, um, there's some quality behind it. You oh, know? for sure. Uh, like, on this last page where we see Malbolgia, uh, it, it even though it's a static image, it still looks like there's motion and life to it, you know? Yeah. Even the the ha 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 down all the way down <laughs> yeah. that like middle column, uh, it's like spiraled in a way and like the letters are like leaning enough to where it looks like there's there's movement to it. Um so it gives your eye a lot of uh, Yeah. Like you're spinning down into hell. Yeah. It 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 just I don't know, like the 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 whole quality of the book is uh better than i expected like um i'll be honest with you i was not looking forward to rereading this comic because wow for two reasons okay uh one whenever mcfarland put out the i think it was in 2019 is when the spawn comic reached 300 issues which is like the tide for the longest running comic uh creator owned comic uh with cerebus yeah then 301 Broke that streak or set a new record. Yeah. And I bought both those issues. They were both like double size. I thought, okay, I haven't read a Spawn comic in a while. Let's see how this goes. Spoilers, <laughs> not good. They were like almost incomprehensible. And I read the like four issues leading up to it because it was like a countdown thing. It's like counting down to, yeah, counting up to 300. Is or he whatever. still in the alley? Uh, I don't remember. I've kind of blocked out most of it. Uh, I'll, I'll dig those out and uh, let you borrow them uh, just so you can take a look at them and see what they... Like, the, the art's mostly good. Like, he got some, like, talented artists to, like, help him with it because it's, like, this ground ba- baking? groundbreaking uh, issue. Um, but it was not at all entertaining. It was almost entirely incomprehensible. And then uh, you and I both recently read Batman Spawn from... Uh, earlier this year, the end of last year or something? I think it was at the beginning of this year, of 23. Talk about blocking things out. <laughs> that was... That was bad. That was just like a bad comic. Like it's, A fucking train wreck. Like it's so... It was so hard to decipher what was going on at any moment yeah. that I almost can't believe it. And I'm like, surely it wasn't as bad as I was thinking. I know if I break it out now and reread it, it's it's going to be a bloodshed. It's going to be bad. It's bad. Yeah. It's some of Greg Capullo's best art, though, that he's done I in mean, a while. I mean, Greg's been at it for a while. You yeah. know, he's just, he's continues to level up. He's at Marvel now. He's doing something. Yeah, yeah. I'd, I'd be interested to see what he does over there. Yeah. Um, 
<laughs> Hopefully it's uh, Ghost Rider, uh, Punisher, Wolverine. Have you seen the new Ghost Rider villain? I can't remember his name, but he's like... Um... He's like a, a a skeleton with like a little bit of meat all over him and then like a giant V8 engine inside of his chest with like exhaust pipes coming out of his like cheeks. It, it, that sounds kind of uh, bad, but it looks fucking badass. Oh, no. I mean, I, it sounded cool. Like when you said V8. I think his name is like exhaust or something. <laughs> when you said V8, I was picturing a giant like bottle, bottle of V8. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, yeah, that's, a, that's pretty cool, man. <laughs> yeah. Three servings of <laughs> fruit and vegetables. Um, and then in the back, you've got uh, a couple pinups. Uh, you got a pit uh, by, Dale, by Dale Kiwan. And then you've got a uh, spawn pinup by good old George Perez that uh, really, really fucking slaps. I, I yeah. really, really enjoy that one. Um, and then you've got uh, the spawning ground, which is like his letter column. Uh, but it's just first issue. So it's it's just him kind of giving giving a background of why he's doing what he's doing and his history and, you know, why they decided to move away from uh, mainstream the big two and, and try to start their own thing. And it's it's. Um, much like Rob Liefeld, like I really respect his um, his influence and his like perspective on comics. Um, even though I don't necessarily agree with uh, uh, everything that he says, uh, he is certainly a cheerleader for comic books. Uh, the 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 medium in general, especially you know, for the artists uh, taking mm-hmm. you know, uh, defending and uh, promoting artists and making sure that they're uh, uh, respected and credited for their work, mm-hmm. um, which was a real problem, still a problem. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, so for all of that, you know, uh, he gets a total pass for me. Yeah, um, I've heard some sketchy stuff about him, but nothing like terrible. Just yeah. he's kind of a pain to work with. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, classic Canadian, yeah, you know. Yeah. Yeah, the worst Canadian. Move to Arizona, be a real fucking prick or whatever. Um, <laughs> I think uh, th- this issue is better than I thought. Um, it gives you kind of just enough, like the artwork is uh, uh, admission to buying the next issue by itself. You know, like I oh, just yeah. have nostalgia yeah. for this style. Even though he's like, uh, his uh, visual aesthetic has like waned on me a bit. Uh, you yeah. know, on his more like recent stuff, I still find nostalgia in the old comics that he did uh, enough to where I'm like, okay, this was like enjoyable enough of a read. Uh, yeah. That said, we don't actually f- find out literally that he's uh, Al Simmons is black in this issue, but I yeah. remember when that issue does hit, it it was like kind of a, a big thunderclap in the industry because it's like oh wow like right you didn't know no he tries to use his powers to fix his face because his face is like deadpool it's like all mm-hmm. like a burn victim yeah. like he doesn't have a nose he's all messed up um and so he, he uses his powers his spawn powers to try to fix his face but he can only turn into a white guy yeah uh which is you know a classic devil trick been a dream of mine for decades <laughs> it's not that great oh. um you especially don't want to be a blonde white guy. <laughs> no, no. The worst. Well, um, so I think because of the comic coming out, it being such a wild success, uh, it's later revealed to a lot of people that he's a black guy. And it's like, oh, it's okay, though. Like, it doesn't freak people out, you know? Right. Uh, I think that's cool. Uh, like you said, I like what like the stamp that McFarlane has put on the comic industry. He's still yeah. making comics. Yeah. You know, for better or for worse, <laughs> you know, you'd be the judge. But he's still 
has a hand in that. Like he's yeah, he's still a creative person, still doing stuff. He's trying to get this fucking movie made. I don't know if that's ever going to see the light of day. Good luck, buddy. Uh, but um, uh, that said, like I, I'm totally down for. It. I think this cover is one of the best, if not the best. Yeah. of the image founder covers it's really good uh it's like the coloring on it is incredible uh it, it's just great uh, i think this one's a two thumbs up for me absolutely yeah hell yeah um, it's nostalgic it's fun it's mm. you know uh looking at it through the lens of nostalgia i think is a little bit better than looking at it as just a standalone piece of art by itself mm. because you can make an argument that it's not super it's not doing anything at the time it was doing something pretty revolutionary but you know looking back on it it's been copied uh so many times that it it, it kind of uh doesn't seem super special uh, like it did back in the day but um i would still highly recommend you know look you can pick one of these up for like 10 cents if you find the right <laughs> long box seriously yeah. um they're, they're a dime a dozen they're plentiful for yes. sure um but it's worth picking up and just flipping through and just enjoying the artwork so mm-hmm. um i would recommend it Absolutely. Um, I would not recommend uh, Youngblood. <laughs> <laughs> I still found fun in that. Um, Malbolgia here is would go on to be like, kind of like Thanos was for the MCU, Malbolgia would be for the Spawn universe, you know? He's just yeah. kind of like uh, the, the, the one man- manipulating things in the background and whatnot. We right. don't find out anything about Spawn being a hell spawn, being a, a minion uh, in like Satan's army or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't uh, find out about like what exact powers Spawn has. We can see that one of his hands can glow, but <laughs> yeah. that's like on the cover. But that's about it. Um, so there's still a lot of um, yeah uh, places to go with the story. And I would say the first like 15 issues or so, 12 to 15 mm-hmm. issues. Um, there's a lot of fun packed into those. This one is just you know it's it's a setup. Mm-hmm. Um, that as it goes on, uh, it gets real weird. Uh, there's like. Cygor, which is a cybernetic gorilla that he fights at one point. Um, he fights um, the Violator, which is... Uh, Teased at the end of this issue. Yeah, mm-hmm. but uh, he's also a fat little clown guy that can turn into <laughs> yeah. a like a big lanky demon that eats people's hearts. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. There's a, a, a Cerebus comes by, stops by for an issue. Um, oh yeah, and uh, they they go into like a dungeon, and uh, you can see all these hands like sticking out of like the like the prison bars, mm-hmm. and you see like Hulk and Spider Man, mm-hmm. and like they're locked. You know, the, the the thing is like they're they're locked behind these cages. Are these you know they're imprisoned, and you know Cerebus and Spawn they're free because they're indie comics. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of that stuff flew over my head when I was younger. Um, didn't understand it. I was just mm-hmm. like, oh cool, look, it's Hulk's arm. Yeah. Uh, but now I I I I appreciate it a lot more. Um, it's funny how they could get away with that because Eric Larson used to do that shit in Savage Dragon all the time. Oh, and it yeah. would look like Batman and Robin <laughs> yeah. were standing right there, and he like wrote somebody wrote about it in the letter column. And he said, we don't know that Robin has a full beard under like where that panel cuts off or Batman <laughs> has like a mohawk or whatever. So it's like, you can't prove that it's them. You Plausible know? deniability. Yep, exactly. <laughs> so, but you got to do what you got to do. Yeah. Even the idea of that is like fun to me. So yeah. That's yeah, fine. yeah. He's a lot of fun. Powerhouse is a guy with a chicken head. So <laughs> how, how much we want to get litigious. DC. And then there's uh um, there's even like an issue that's written by Neil Gaiman. There's an issue written by, I think the Cygor issue is maybe written by Alan Moore. Oh, like 
in like the early issues. Yeah, he had a couple of guest writers oh. in in the early days. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Frank Miller was one. Frank Miller was one. Yeah, yeah actually, Frank Miller may have done the psych ward, but I, I know Alan Moore was in there somewhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, Neil Gaiman, of course, uh, created Angela, um, and that, that's a whole. That's a saga in and of itself. You mean the now Marvel character, Angela? Uh-huh. Okay. Uh, Neil Gaiman wrestled away from Todd McFarlane and just handed <laughs> over to Marvel? Yeah. Uh, but it was all worth it to get the Miracle Man rights to... Oh, wait. Whoop. Nope. That's, that's a Marvel as well. Okay. <laughs> yep. Um, yeah. So so that is Spawn. Um, do we want to we wanna talk about what's uh, coming up next week? Yeah, we forgot to mention that on the last one. Yeah. Uh, I made a note, <laughs> but I uh, did not say it. The next issue we're going to talk about on the next episode of Nudist Colony Hidden Tracks is... Savage Dragon, number mm-hmm. one. And uh, I read it earlier today. I got to say, had a fucking ball. I love Savage oh, yeah. Dragon. I'm still Same. subscribed to it at my comic shop. The newest issue, 264, came out this week. I bought it. It's on that spinner rack right next to you. Like, I Fuck yeah. I fucking love that series. And I cannot wait until Eric Larson gets to issue 301 of his series. Because that's like a whole separate ball of wax. Like, oh. Spawn is like a creator... Yeah, creator-owned property that's blown past 300. But Eric Larson has written, penciled, and inked every issue of Savage Dragon Yeah, up to this point. So he's, you know... Well, with, there was that one, but then he went back and redid it. He did so. it, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, where they all, like, swapped. He's like, yeah. no, I got to have a complete set. And then also, on top of that, Eric Larson, uh, he, the first three issues of Savage Dragon are a miniseries, and then he starts the main series... Uh, yeah. issue number one so he's technically like three issues ahead of like whatever the actual number right. is but yeah. um, knowing oh, him it's, it's gonna be like a consistency thing or whatever yeah yeah. so go go out there and, and uh, you know if you if you want to look through long boxes I'm sure you can find it I'm sure it's on like Comicsology or something yeah. mm-hmm. uh, so check that out read along with us comics are fun guys absolutely again this era of image comics is the new metal of comic books so for sure that's that's why we paired these two. So. Especially Spawn is probably the most new metal of them all. <laughs> you can tell by its soundtrack. Mm, which we will do. <laughs> Absolutely. Do not worry. Yeah, for sure. All, all right. right, man. Well, Any, anything else for you on this one? Um, Nope. Get fucked. Bye. Bye. <laughs> N-D-C. Fantastic. Uh, bye.